So to start us off, we're here with JJ Mikalash. He's going by JJ today. It's Jordan. Either either or. It's it, again JJ. JJ is what I'm known in the in the uh, football community. So that's a, that's a good way. Uh, it's a good way to bring us up today. I'm realizing I have an uncle JJ too. So it's you know it's, <laughs> it's actually we got family. My middle here, name right? starts with a J, so I could be JJ as well. There you Ooh, go. We got double JJ on we the got double JJ. A lot, of, a lot of J's. A lot double of J's. your that's J's. J, double that's the J fun. squared actually. J squared. <laughs> or is it cubed? I, guess, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't ask me math Not questions me either. No. Well, I think we found your rap duo name perfect just, just throwing that out there if you want to come out with the album i mean i do have my i do have my hot takes book of you know quick ad libs of rap in my phone if we need to get to that so there we no, go if, no if we freestyle at some point today probably viewers listeners don't be surprised because it, it might no, happen no worries it, it definitely <laughs> happened yesterday at a certain point i don't know if you're still there but anyways we're here and he's from the winnipeg football collective what's your official role with the winnipeg football collective it's a, it's a great question so <laughs> technically um the winnipeg football collective is just that it's a collective community so we have five members on the board none of which have a higher seat than others it's about making decisions based off of feedback from the actual teams and players itself. And then we take that info and we kind of just, I'll take it to heart and negotiate and talk it amongst ourselves. So you could call me a board member. Um, but, uh, I'm also, if you want to know, I'm also the hype man for uh, social media. So please do follow us. And I am plugging right now. Uh, <laughs> so we have uh, Winnipeg football collective, both on Twitter and Instagram. Um, we're trying to do, and we, you know, we tried to change things up and that was a big thing for our community and our followers were, you know what, we enjoy the game, but how do we take it to the next level? Well, you know, Riley, not everybody like you and I got the chance to play high school football or, you know, CJFL or CIS or what's now known as, I guess, U sports. <laughs> but at the end of the day, people actually care about their statistics. They care about, you know, highlight reels. They care about, Hey, like I made this sick play. And you know what? We have guys filming from the benches, sending in highlights. We have fans up in the stands filming their, you know, whether it be their significant other or their, you know, or their child or whatever. And so they're sending that to us and we're able to post it. So um, that was a big thing. Um, so I'm also the social admin hype man. So you can see uh, interviews there as well. So after game interviews um, with me and some of the guys that have a great night on other Friday or Saturday night. And as my one of my uh, idols, Deion Sanders, says, "You ball, you get the call." So <laughs> nice. that's uh, that's that's what we kind of base it off of. And again, awesome feedback from everybody, and everybody kind of likes to you know get their tires pumped just a little bit. So uh, okay. yeah, the collective seems to be this new idea around touch football in terms of bringing in those social elements of of social media, and then also you have the people that are involved, but they're involved in the process of making the league. I know that you do league meetings at different points and you really want to get opinions of the players and making sure it's sort of a player driven league that they're getting the best experience possible. And that's, and that's exactly right, Riley. So the one thing that took us apart just within our first year and just so you guys know, we're coming up on year number four now. So it's, it's really awesome. And what we brought was the first ever, um, touch football, basically, players only meeting, if you'd like to call it that. So open forum where everybody was invited to, um, we actually hosted at an underdog. So nice St. James location. Uh, again, great, great grub there. Extra plug for you guys. Good for you. Um, so <laughs> I may have worked there. And I was going to say, and Riley, Riley definitely did ironically, but other than that, we held it there and a lot of people had a lot of good questions, a lot of good feedback. And we took that and we, we actually did in, 
in some cases not you know alter a bunch of rules or things like that but we made some pretty significant changes and um, it gives people the open forum so like we're just starting our first weekend of uh, the next indoor session next weekend and we've already spoken with all the team captains that have registered um, to gather schedule requests to gather um, you know intel on hey um, you know, how do you guys feel you'll play in which division? We have four divisions plus a co-ed one right now. So, you know, how does, how do you think your team's going to fare? And then again, it's just all about, it's all about coming together as a community. And, uh, that was the big, you know, when I, when I first heard about your podcast and the name of it was be the change. And I was like, that's exactly what the collective is doing. And that's exactly what they're trying to do and we're trying to do. And thankfully we're being very successful right now. So. Yeah, and, and you've brought up, there's different pillars to it. So uh, how does this work in the community? Like, who are the members that can play? I know that you said, like, co-ed, so genders, and then ages, too. So I know that you're trying to develop uh, especially amateur programming, too, and, and ways that we can increase football talent sort of at the grassroots level, but then also into people's adulthood so that they can pursue it, too. Yeah, so, I mean, if we just start at the basic, if you want to call it beer league recreational, like, I mean, anywhere from, we say, kind of 14, 15 and above, and I do say 14, 15 very carefully because there are some ballers out there that are young and can play, but at the same time, there's guys there that are... You know, nice and uh, Spartan race stature like yourself. So, um, and, and although 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 it'd be touch football, people run into people, accidents happen, things like that. So, at the end of the day, we actually are going to be for the first time having an all junior varsity uh, team sign up this season to practice. So that's the whole key is to continue playing all year. And I mean, we've played in a couple snow bowls, and we know what that's like. But in December, when there's no fields and no you know refs and all these things. A, you don't want to play outside, but B, now you can stay, you know, the, the QBs especially because it is, of course, only passing. So with that, QBs and receivers can stay on point all year. You know, that doesn't break any rules with any Winnipeg High School regulations or anything like that. That's just kids going out on their own on their own time, on their own dime and practicing and getting free games. So, like, that's just awesome for the high school programs. Um, but the big thing that we're really proud of is we uh, just started this summer the collective sevens with uh, Keto Pobla and uh, Finnish First Football. So that's about developing the younger kids. And what I'm talking is I'm talking anywhere from eight, nine, all the way up to 14. So before they hit high school, before they do all that. And the reason is, is because we're trying to grow football here. It's not, we are a hockey country. Yeah. That is what we are. You know, basketball has been taken a little bit of an up, but that's more on the east, you know, eastern, like in Toronto. Um, a lot of great Canadian basketball players right now, but here in Winnipeg over, you know, we've probably noticed a big increase over the last five or so years, but think about, you know, and I hate to say this out loud, Riley, 10 years ago when we last played high school football. <laughs> Isn't and that so weird to think it, that it's I, been 10 years yeah, since we were playing high school? It, it really is. And so to think about that, like to think of where that league is now and how many teams are pumped out of that and the more divisions get added, more teams get added. It's, it's awesome, and we just kind of want to never stop. And there's those guys that aren't going to get the chance to go play CJFL, aren't going to get the chance to go play U Sports, but they don't want to put down the rock. I don't blame them. It's a lot of fun, and especially if you can get your buddies together, you know, you get, you know, you, it's, and again, it's an hour of your time um, on the weekend to go play some football, and I think that there's a lot of people out there that want to do that, and um, I actually know for a fact that there is, so... Yeah. So what led you towards 
touch football in itself? Obviously playing high school football, but then what what sort of what gravitated you towards that after playing high school? Um, well, for me, I'm going to say, and a little bit embarrassing, um, but my grade 12 year was cut pretty short, um, and I kind of lost out on my senior year, and that was a big that was a big big hurt for me and a tough pill to swallow. So I still had the itch to play football, but I was like, I'm not going to go. I'm, you know, I I told myself I wasn't good enough to play junior or U sports, and truthfully, I believe I still wasn't. But at the end of the day, my just I was at a wedding social for a close family friend of mine, and he had started playing with his brothers and his couple buddies, and he just said, Hey, like we can't find a quarterback, and we know that you played in high school. Like, can you just come out for a couple games and just finish off our season? And I was like, Yeah. And um, showed up for the first time at U of M, and eighteen-year-old uh, me was hooked, and it was it was over after that. So uh, next season, I started my own started my own team with all my buddies and a couple of their guys that you know we kind of kept that core. And then as all they kind of phased out, we just kept bringing in more of our own, and well, here we are, all ten years later, still playing. So that's nice. super cool. Yeah, that that happens. That's how they get you too. Is Come out for a game or two. Well, we, need, we need a sub, and that's and, always. And that that's was, and you know what I and if you talk to uh, Neil McKernan, that's on that's on the board. If you talk to Neil Smalley, that's on the board. Those two exactly same 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 route as me. Came out for random games from friends that asked for subs, and instantly hooked. Um, Neil actually is took it's it's funny because he joined his team now, which is Polk High. Um, was started by another gentleman, and that's the one he joined. And then eventually he left, and Neil took over there. So that's kind of funny. And then yes, uh, Neil Smalley, uh, Cam Penner, who I know you know, you uh, actually played some rifles with him, if I'm not mistaken. Um, same thing, brought in for a random game. You know, he's crushing it for the Mustangs or the or the or the, uh, or the rifles, and then he's like, "What? I can get to do this without getting hit? Sweet!" <laughs> so and man, that guy, he, he was. So again, all of us get into it like that. That's how I find it's very rare that somebody says, "Hey, there's a league. Let's put in a team." It's usually somebody gets introduced and then they they slowly start in and phase in their own guys. So and girls. And let me tell you, there's some some girl ballers here in Manitoba. And it's fun to watch. So yeah, we even in high school we had females on our tackle football team, and it seems to be growing. It's a it's a bigger and bigger trend all the time. There's women's football league and. Um, I believe at one point, I don't know if they're still doing it, but women's touch football. But there's obviously, like, it's cool to see how the sport is developing for in all these different pillars and all these different ways. And I think that it's it's really effective. So a lot of people, it's I think you talked about it as part of your story, but there's a point where you you sort of, if you're willing to be self-critical, you know there's a point you can get to. And my, my goal with football was always to make it as far as my talent would take me. Like, I wanted to reach the peak of my talent. And I felt that I did it, and then I still didn't really get an opportunity beyond that. And and that was playing on the Bisons and having three future CFLers in front of me at my position. So I, I was in tough. You know, I, I mean, I competed, but I was in tough to get a, a share of the reps or even get an opportunity. And you don't know. There's so many things that play into that. It just it happens to be chance that we really had good players at that time. You know, maybe if I was there... Four years later, four years earlier, you know, it's you don't get to choose certain things. But then there's that there's that time. Well, that's when I decided to go back, play junior football for my last year. And I had fun doing that, traveled, played, enjoyed the experience with the guys again. 
but knew it was sort of when it was done, that season was finished. I went, I don't really want to walk back into that situation. I'm really close to finishing my degree. So if I, I just realized that there was a next stage to life and it was time to do that. And I, I actually didn't consider touch football for a long time. I sort of went like, oh, this is over. I'm going to coach because I want to give back and give that. And, and, and I don't mean to interject here, yeah. but I actually notice that a lot with the tackle guys where after they've done their diligence with the Bisons or the, um, or the rifles or who, whatever program they're playing for, I find I like to take a little bit of a hiatus before they come back. But then it gets to the point where they're like, man, I just want to, I just want to do it just a little bit more. And yeah. that's, that's when, that's when they come back and that's when they stay. And that's when they play till they're 45, 50, 55. And we've got, you know, one of the greatest QBs in probably t- Manitoba touch football history and Tim Shea still slinging the rock uh, right now. He's um, mid, you know, early sixties wow. and he's, He's actually in the Touch Football Hall of Fame, um, and he's still killing it. So, yeah. um, and one of my former coaches as well. So, um, but it's again another. Just to rewind another second, it's funny you mentioned the CFLers ahead of you, because the reason that my grade twelve year was cut short <laughs> is there's a gentleman by the name of Nick Dembski on that team. That uh, he might have been one of those three. He might have been <laughs> one of those three, and uh, he is uh, he is actually a, a friend of mine to this day. And uh, I, of course, now wish him all the best with the Bombers. Uh, it was t- I was cheering for him in that green color, but it was really tough. So, but uh, again, um, yeah, that's I, I can I can relate to that for sure, and I think that probably played a big part in me not wanting to stop playing football because. You know, I wanted to prove that I could actually do something. So, well, it's finding that competitive drive again because I think the guys that play doesn't matter what level you're at and what level you get to. It's just you hit those points. When it's over, you still have that competitive drive. But if you don't have something somewhere to put that energy, then it's kind of tough to like. You go, well, what? How am I developing? How am I doing these things? And then, so touch football. I mean, kind of circle back finding touch football and going out for a couple of games. I was playing low division and it was, it was like, okay, but I'm playing football again. And it didn't matter that I was one of the better players on a low division team. It was, it was fun to play football and run around and have the social aspect, go out for drinks after the game. And, and so it's great that that's developing. And then, but it also hit a point, I guess this is more a personal story, but now it's hit a point where I want to be competitive again and find a new drive and stuff too. And I think that that's fine, but it's, it gives that place touch football gives that place for people to, to, to find that and to like continue on and just to enjoy what they enjoy at that moment. So it's, it's cool to see that, that that's how things are developing. No. And you know what, that's um, like from being friends with you for a while, I've noticed that that's your, you know, those are your races now, right? Like that's what you, that's what you were for. That's your competitive thing. And all the, all the best to you. I, I, I always wish you luck when I see you doing them. So, but you're right. Um, people, and especially like we have the most, and I'm going to get close to the mic for this, the most elite division one in the province. <laughs> and those guys on all of those teams are phenomenal. And this province, like, I mean, we went to na- a bunch of teams, went to nationals this year. Um, it was held in Edmonton and they, they, they all, you know, made the province proud wow, and nice. uh, they all, they all do well. And, um, you know, division one is where everybody wants to be, but you're, you know what, as a guy that once played division 15, it's a lot of fun down there too. So it's, you know, and that's what the collective is, is do you want to be division? Do you want to be division one? Do you want to be up there, you know, grinding, not knowing, you know, how every game is going to go? It, it literally is super competitive. Nobody blows anybody out. It is awesome. Or 
are you one of the newer teams that are trying to work your way up, just maybe trying to have some fun and, you know, get the boys, girls together, whatever it is, and, you know, play some football. We have it for everybody. And then, again, um, you just to circle back, you had mentioned women's touch football. We actually did merge and take over the uh, the women's touch football league. Uh, they did not run this summer, uh, but they again the, um, the teams are the team are. I, I'm blown away every time I watch because you know we're just girl girls can play, and and I say that as politely and as forward thinking as possible because like they're just yeah they're they're great in my opinion so. Um, it's nice to see everybody playing and it's nice to see husband and wives playing together. It's interesting to see siblings play together, you know? Um, like, I mean, and from the all brothers team, we were just at Scotty's place last night, but <laughs> you know, the, the, the Nyokes brothers, they, they have a team going and they're going to be, they're going to be great. And well, they already are in my opinion, but they're going to be better in even a couple years. So as you progress, as you get up, it's, it's just a great time. What else do you have going on in life? I know, like, career-wise, you're doing things, you're pursuing things. Like, what's, what's all of JJ as oh. opposed to just the football <laughs> just, side? Well, that's, I'm very, very happy you asked. So, um, actually, just, on a, just a couple of days ago on October 26th, I celebrated my uh, third year as uh, an insurance broker. So nice. that's my congratulations. Uh, appreciate that, Jace. Thank you so much. Uh, so yeah, right now um, I'm just trying to build up uh, clientele, um, you know, th- trying to build Malacca business. Uh, you know, be a reputable broker for all of my clients and friends and family. So, you know, like I said, three, third year as of October 26th. So, um, you know, ever have any questions regarding uh, life, uh, life, criticalness or disability, uh, please let me know. Um, I, but again, no, that is uh, all, uh, all segues aside. That is, uh, that's what I do for work. Um, uh, but personally, um, have a uh, have a wonderful wonderful girlfriend that we're coming up on our anniversary right away. Going to going to Florida for Christmas, things like that. So, gonna be super exciting. Uh, have a six month old cat that I know you like because everybody likes him. <laughs> so, uh, soon to have more Instagram followers than me and uh, my <laughs> girlfriend combined. So, uh, yeah, no, he's uh, he's he's awesome. And you know, I I I'm very lucky. I have you know, I still got you know my mom and my dad here in the city. I have my grandparents really close by, and uh, I'm super, super close to them. Um, my little sister is, you know, just turned 21, so she's, uh, you know, she's still kicking around also. And we're, I'm like, I, I'm a very family-oriented guy. And um, one thing that I will say is they actually come to a lot of touch football games. <laughs> so it's, uh, and uh, I said it when I was six, and so, you know, I'm 20, 27 now, so I still say it now, but Part of me plays better when the family shows up. So, uh, but yeah, so insurance broker in the working world, uh, working for uh, working for myself and in, uh, Hub International. Um, you know, living uh, and just been you know just bought our first place in St. James, so um, been living there and uh, yeah, family, everything, Christmas trip. Uh, that's recently, but uh, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of that's kind of my life currently in a nutshell, and. Um, yeah, that, that that that's really it. It's it's su- awesome. super basic, but at the same time, and like living the dream. That's what I mean. Like I have I have no complaints. I I am you know I'm very content with um, pretty much all aspects of my life. So yeah, that that stability and that community are so important to just all aspects of life. Honestly, whether it's whether it's going through and and again, I know we're sort of on a different topic, but talking about like 
even it doesn't matter if it's your football career or it's it's life it's like when you have those pillars and those people and that community and everything's aligned and you have that stability life is good i know that there's actually been times where football has been a negative thing in my life where it it took over my entire i became obsessed i became obsessed with pushing myself to be better, but it took away from all these other aspects and it became a detrimental thing. And part of it felt like it required that a little bit, but I look at life now and similarly, it's, it's, um, it's actually something I, I read in Stephen King's On Writing and he, he actually talked about how he put his desk in his room. So his desk used to be in the middle of his study or his place of writing. And now he puts it purposely on the side and it's, at one point, it was the complete focus of his life, and now it's part of his life. So it's all the other things and all the other elements of life that lead to that writing, and it's a great output. And I think similarly, it's great to have, it's like football is that outlet, but then there's also those other elements of life that you have to appreciate. I mean, you get to that point, and I think part of that's going through those different life stages too, because as a teenager, you can be a little bit rebellious. You have those aggressive energies. <laughs> and, and I think of another example. I've been watching Big Mouth a lot lately. But oh, you have the hormone a, and the hormone on. monsters and things. Oh, don't make me do those impersonations. Like, <laughs> I can nail those. <laughs> right, we, we'll have to. That's, at some, yeah, no that's kidding. Some, I was going to say, that's a great show. So no, yeah. uh, shout out to Nick Kroll. Genius. Genius. <laughs> he he so. is a creative genius in a sense. So it's, it's great to, to have, like, it's great to have that outlet going through that point and who knows how it could have been different, but it's nice when you get to a point in life where, where you're appreciative of those things, like whether it's parents and realizing all those sacrifices, all those things that they've done for you. And then you get to build life too. You get to have a cat and a girlfriend and a, you know, and it's, yeah. Life is about balance and it's about finding. And the, the funny thing is, is, um, being, you know, and again, circling back to touch football, our, uh, my team, our, our team, the Warriors, which you have played on a few times as well. Um, we had a rough go this outdoor season and it took a toll on, it took a toll on me just cause we couldn't get guys out. You know, we had a few bodies every time and when nobody was having fun and, you know, I came home and I was like, you know what, like this doesn't, you know, this doesn't affect me every day, but part of my balance is enjoying my one game of week of touch football. And I knew that every time we had a game coming up, I actually wasn't looking forward to it because I was, it was, it was, it was tough. And when it comes to balance, I need that. I need, I need to throw that one or five or seven touchdown passes. Like I need, <laughs> it. I need, I absolutely need it. And it's, it's part of, it's part of my balance. And if I don't, you know, whether you, then, you know, uh, let's just, let's just take the gym. If you if I don't if I don't go to the gym, I, I feel the same way as if I don't throw a touchdown pass. If I you know have if I ever played hooky from work or uh, which I have never done, uh, <laughs> but uh, if, but if, again you know it's you feel you it, it's just your balance is thrown off, and that's the whole thing is you know for you you got work you got the podcast you got you know uh, your outside activities you got. It's all about finding the balance, and that's just it, it's to, you're totally right. And my balance right now, although be it I'm not very balanced, good, good in actual standing, but in life, my balance is is awesome. So well, it's it's defining that, and it's finding what what that means to you in a sense. 
And yeah, that's been in this past year, I've started, I mean, I've talked about vision board before, but it's, it's finding whatever those elements that are going to make you feel fulfilled or balanced in that sense. And so, and all of a sudden I'd had the goal to do a Spartan race a couple of years ago and there was supposed to be one here and then they ended up canceling, which was just kind of heartbreaking because it was that thing to train towards. As soon as you have that date on the calendar, something to head towards, then it was then you start to train for it, you start to prepare yourself. And knowing, and it honestly, in a little bit of a good way, the first race I ever did was this year in Red Deer. And I signed up way in advance and it gave me a ton of time. And I went, well, I'm going to have to, and I decided not to do the shortest version. I did the mid-length version because it would be a challenge and it would, it would force me to get out and get outside my comfort zone. So train, start running, start doing these things. And you know, nothing good ever comes from there. So Well, staying in the comfort <laughs> exactly, zone. Exactly, correct. Yeah. Because there is that element. It's funny to talk about balance, but then growth is part of that balance. Like you want to feel that you're you're adequately challenged, and and you can find that in all sorts of different things. I know that in in touch football, I've played on teams. I think it speaks to the different divisions, and you have to sort of play where you're at if you're interested in it. Because I was playing on a hyper competitive team, and it took the fun away from it a little bit. And I think that has to do a little bit with the culture, the culture of teams and, and people and things, too. You almost have to find that's what's fun about creating a, a touch football team is that you can bring the people that you want into that team. And so when you find your fit of the guys that you want to spend that hour a week or whatever, and then likely, well, I mean, to me, the best case scenario is you do that and then you have a couple beverages after. But I mean, not everybody has to do that. You can find your own way of doing it. Some some people are fine with, you know, just going to the game and that's their competitive thing and they want to be all in on that. Some people do it for the social element. Some people do it to see those highlights on the on social media the next day. Some people do it for trophies and glory. Like, it, and it's fine. It's fine. Whatever drives you, whatever motivates you, I think is a completely that's it's a good thing and you should follow that. Oh, and you, you know, you hit the nail right on the head there, Riley. You got to play with the level you're ready for because I've had guys, you know, say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm ready to play, you know, Division Two, Division One, And then, hey, you know what? Sure. But, you know, some bite off a little bit more than they can chew. They don't have a great time. And that ruins their experience for them. Whereas, you know, maybe they started a little bit lower, um, you know, tried and tried out and, you know, figured some things out and worked their way up. That's how that's how it was for us. You know, like I said, Division 15 and. Now I'm playing Division One, so it it takes some time and it takes you know it takes some effort. But you're you're totally right. A, you got to play with guys you want to play with, or you got to play with the bodies you want to play with. Two is you got to play the level you're ready for because you know as a, as a, as a guy that's been through it, you're, you'll have a bad time, and that's what we're trying to avoid. Is we want everybody to come out and we want everybody to have a great time. And you know what? I think the coolest thing is we played at the U of W and uh, the beautiful, beautiful recplex there now. Um, but with that, there no, there is no lounge or anything there. But what we find is, is they don't care. Is they the, the teams will you know they're either all from Charleswood, all from Osborne, all from wherever. That's what they're going to go after, and they're not going to separate. Um, both both my teams, um, I, I laugh because we get together with one of our teams and the other one, we just kind of peace out as soon as it's done. And that's it, you know, come in, do our job, do our business. Okay, boys, see you next week.
So, yeah. and you're right, you know, they're, and it, it's awesome because we'll get photos and, you know, stuff sent at like three thirty four in the morning from the guys just drinking, you know, they've been since their game that ended at 11 <laughs> and they're like, Hey, we're still partying. And it's like, that's what we like to see boys. We'll see you next weekend. So, yeah. but no, it's so much camaraderie and, you know, we have, we've had a couple teams that started off with us and have stuck with us the entire time. Not only have they improved immensely, but they're like they're they're super tight and that's what again we the word we use and you can see it on all of our all of our social medias is community collective community and that's what people feel like when they're playing and we want more people to feel like that uh, the other thing is the, and i think the biggest factors are going to be that nobody on the board takes any like makes any money from sitting on the board nobody gets any statistical positional advantages or anything from sitting on the board the other best part is if there's a team captain that says, I want to be on the board. Absolutely. It's open. Now, I'm, of course, you know, that that means we get to 20 board members. It is what it is. Yeah. But it's open to everybody. And if anybody wants to attend the league meetings that we have, it's always open. They And everybody knows this. They just, we've gotten to the point now where the captains believe that we're going to do what's best for all the teams. And they don't feel the need to show up. And that's fair, but they know that if they want to be there for our monthly meeting or whatever it is, they can go. That's no great problem. that you guys have that kind of sense of trust and transparency among the entire community. And that's, that's super important. Total, total transparency. And the, the other thing is we don't want people to feel like they're there, you know, just because they're a monopoly and they're, you know, they're in a league where we're making tons and tons of, you know, cash and all this stuff. And that's not it at all. The biggest advantage to the collective is the bigger we get, the cheaper it's actually going to be for everybody. Very because yeah. the more teams that we get, the more you know, the more that we can give back, and that's the whole point of the collective is to give back. Um, you know, we want to give out different. You know, right now I'm rock, rocking my championship T-shirt from a couple years ago. You know, we have T-shirts. We've got we got uh, championship backpacks. We have a bunch of ideas. We're trying to you know we're trying to give out more swag and things like that. That's so awesome. and again. The bigger we get, the faster we can do this stuff. And um, I, that's why I'm very thankful that you guys let me on here today because um, the board and I are extremely, extremely passionate and put a lot of hard work and effort into um, growing uh, touch football here in Manitoba. And we don't want to stop. And had I not come on this podcast, nothing would have changed. But, uh, you know, it's it's just awesome because now we, we, we want people to listen to this. We, you know, we want those parents to hear this, to say, like, hey, my kid has a way to play football now. You know, um, the collective sevens, whether they're getting a little bit older, they can join up some teams, and, you know, working on free agent teams. So, you know, there's a bunch of random people that don't have that team, can't get their bodies together, but maybe they can get two or three and somebody else can get two or three. Mm -hmm. You know, we're working on factions like that. And we just think that uh, now, although be it by the time this releases, we will have all of our teams already signed up, pardon me, and registered. But our next season is going to be starting the weekend after the Super Bowl, and we've already uh, we've already actually pre-registered a couple brand new teams. So we're nice. we're very excited about bringing them over and uh, them joining the collective and hopefully staying for a long time. But that's the other big thing is uh, we want people to know that hey, from now till February, if you can get a team together, or you have questions or you want to do some homework, please do let us know. And uh, our website is uh, Winnipeg Football. If you, well, you know, 
it's actually changed a couple of times. <laughs> so what I'm going to say is if you go on Google and just type in Winnipeg Football Collective, we are going to be the first option that shows up. Um, all of the info you guys need to know to contact one of our board members is on there. Um, so the league admin email that gets sent. Uh, so if you have any questions regarding registration, players, um, teams, costs, things like that, um, that's where you're going to reach out to us. Of course, you can also slide into our DMs. Uh, I, mean, yeah. that, I mean, that does happen. That does happen. So we we do DM. accept DM slides, uh, Twitter, <laughs> Twitter direct follow, Twitter direct messages, whatever. So we just want to connect with as many people as possible. And uh, the board and I thank you guys for letting myself come on in and uh, talk about it. Yeah. So it's it's great to have that open and authentic culture that you guys have created with the football collective, like being able to be open with ideas and even open to having people on those boards and letting people structure it and, and really just giving people a say in it. Cause that's, I think it's, there's different ways to come at the same thing, but it's like the best things happen when you, when you allow that forum of just being yourself and, and letting people come up with their, like letting people help form that thing because if it's all one person, if it's all like singular ideas and you're not open to those other things. And sometimes there's that, that figuring out exactly what the best thing is to develop it for the future. Like I think of this podcast and somebody said, oh, it's long. And I was like, no, it's not. And you instantly <laughs> yeah. become defensive because of you're course. like, I'm just being authentic and having these conversations and, and doing me in a sense. But then it's, oh yeah, there is a viewer in this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny because there's different elements of it. There's the conversation that you're having. There's the person in the room. There's, there's trying to tell their story. But then there's the person on the other side of the camera watching and interacting with that. So it's, there's, different, there's different elements to it. There's different parts of the, of the wheel, in a sense. And, and so it's, I, I, I want to relive the glory days because I've thought of it a couple times. But 10 years ago, we, we played in a AAA championship football game. Which they won. Yeah. Which we won. That they did. Um, <laughs> and, and yet, the coolest thing, I, I look back and I, it almost seems more, it makes more sense now than ever before. We lost in the semifinal of my grade 11 year. And we had somebody come in at halftime. I won't name names, but flipped a table at halftime and was really aggressive and like it kind of angry. And it was just, that wasn't the feel of our team that we didn't need the person to come in and just, just rage and be angry. It was like, we were kind of the team that just let loose. I want to say shoot the shit. Um, and, uh, and we're just, we're, we're a loose team. That's who we were. And we like to make those jokes and, and that was who we were. And so flash forward, we, that, game going into the championship game we had people horsing around and making fun of the one kid and i'm not saying don't bully kids it's not a it's not a good thing but at the same time it was part it loosened people up and it created the right atmosphere that allowed us to go out on the field and when we got scored on we were down seven points after two plays and then we went out and scored on our first play and tied at 7-7. And then we went down 16-7. to We let three straight field goals and a couple of fumbled footballs. But then we battled back and we ended up winning that game. Which it's just, it's one of those, if we didn't have that loose atmosphere, if we turned on each other, then we wouldn't have ever achieved that. Which it's, so it's, it's cool in the same way to like build a successful enterprise or a successful business or a successful league, touch football league. 
you need to have those right elements at play. And so if you're if you're closed off to the world and it's only this one you're seeing through this one lens, then it's it's really tough to create something that's impactful and that's that's really doing what you're trying to. And so it's it's great to see that that's accomplishing it and I hope that this podcast is and there's all those other elements and like that team did but that that culture is so important and you seem to be and there's the different archetypes in a sense at play that that create those those great connections between people and so you very much seem to be the the voice at the very least like the social media and the sharing the hype man the, yeah, the, the, the hype yeah. man that was that's a great <laughs> that's, way to say it yeah so no and that's yeah you know what um and you guys gave me a very nice compliment early on about how I had a, a radio voice, but uh, you know that's I you know radio and broadcasting and all that stuff wasn't actually early passion of mine, and um, I just thought you know what like we need to get this we need to get this beast and we need to get this snowball rolling. So if I'm all in, I might as well be all in. And um, I'm actually uh, once you guys because I know you guys are both going to follow the account now anyway after we're all done. But um, I'm very, very, very cool because uh, Milt Stiegel has given has actually said given us a segue uh, from playing in his tournament in in May. So uh, yeah, expect some expect some Milt on some videos too, which is gonna be which is gonna be awesome. So every, everybody loves a good Milt Stiegel. So I mean, he's basically Winnipeg royalty. Yeah. He's, there's yeah. not there's not too many people now that make me nervous when meeting, and he was one of the guys that. I mean, I shook his hand. I'm pretty sure I shook his hand. I said hi and talked to him when we were at the. So nervous, he couldn't remember. In. But that's that was my hero. That was the guy from when I was going to games when I was really young yep. to, mm-hmm. a, a, and just so notable. And he was there. Charles Roberts was a little bit of that guy, but it was always Milt as yeah. just my the hardworking and the personality. My first football memory that I never forgot was that hundred yard TD pass from Kevin Glenn oh, yeah. in the dying sack. How can you not? Like how can that that play made me want to play football? And I told him that when I met him in May. And uh, yeah, like what a what a what a guy. He's you know he knows he knows how good he is. He's like almost fifty and he's still unbelievable and super humble, super but you know super suave and confident at the same time. It's a fine line to walk, and that that gentleman does it very well. So yeah. So where did that develop? That that ability to communicate and. Where does that come from? Because is it innately? I like to think of this in terms of my own life too. Because I, I've always had this. People might say like gift for gab. I, I wouldn't say it. It's just like it's fun to have conversations and especially meaningful conversations. But where does that confidence come from? Is it a natural thing, or do you have to kind of build it too? You know what? I'm very lucky. Um, it, I. I will have to say for myself, it is natural. I just enjoy talking, and I just enjoy talking to people. <laughs> My secret pleasure, my guilty pleasure, is public speaking. Tell me one other person that has that. Hey, it's it's not it's not a thing. So with that being said, I was just you know, and actually I was talking about this yesterday, all all things. But when I was young and I could first talk, my grandparents would not do anything for me. Like I had to. So if we went to go get ice cream, I had to order, and I had to say, you know, if we went on the bus, I had to put the change in the machine. You know, if we went grocery, if we went grocery shopping, and they asked, "Do you want plastic or paper bags?" I had to be the one to answer. So they just bred me very, very early on to be the guy that responses because you shouldn't be scared to ask, and you shouldn't be scared to, you know, to want or you know, t- you know, 
just speak. Yeah. And that's what is that? What else is this for? Yeah. So, and I, I'm very lucky that they made me do that, but I honestly, like, I mean, I, again, like I will talk to anybody anytime and I feel really bad when I go try to do interviews with some people after the game. And I'm going to say that 95% of them are down to do it, but that one or two people, there's no spotlight, no camera. Please don't talk to me. Like I just, I'm just in it. I, that, I respect that. And I understand that, but I'm not that way. So, and, uh, I, you know, one of my, you mentioned Joe Rogan. Um, one of my, you know, one of my podcast influentials, if you want to call this Pat McAfee, uh, I'm a, I'm a huge Colts fan. So that was, that kind of built into it, but man, that guy is hilarious. And, you know, I was actually listening to him on the way here just to, you know, kind of get some practice and listen and think, see how things were going. So, <laughs> nice. um, yeah, of course, got to, got to study. So game film, right? <laughs> so, but that's, it's just something that I've always enjoyed. And I mean, if I had a, you know, if I had a podcast platform, I would have been all, you know, all over that too. So, uh, and I, I see a lot of similarities with both, you know, with you and I, and, uh, but yeah, this is, I'm very lucky. This is what I am very comfortable doing and I don't know anybody else. Like, I don't know very many other people that are as comfortable. Do you ever see yourself maybe getting into radio or podcasting in the future, even if it's with the one pig, uh, football collective or otherwise, that would be pretty sweet. Um, and you know what I would, uh, I would definitely be open to something like that for sure. Um, I, I mean, when I was coming out of school, I actually debated going into like a TV radio program, uh, through the, uh, Red River. They have a they have an, a ver- a two year I believe a two year program. Awesome. I actually have a couple friends that went through it. Um, I just I actually got kind of scared about it when I was eighteen because a lot of people were telling me you know if you want to do this it's a lot of you know all these and being an eighteen year old kid I just listened to whatever people tell mm-hmm. me right you know so if it came down to it now and I guess just the one thing is is as well as I speak I guess the one thing I lack in is I wouldn't know what to talk about. I would just, you know, I'm a, I'm a great guest. I just don't, you know, I, I haven't been, you know, and I'm a great host for interviews, but I've never done that. So, but would I be open to it? Absolutely. I did want to get a little bit more of your story out too. And I wanted to know some of the things that you've either struggled with or like something that you've had to overcome. All right. All right. Well, I would say a um, couple things uh, that stand out to me. Um, the one thing, uh, that I would say, if we're going to talk from an athletic standpoint is going to be losing my senior year that is, you know, 10 years later, I mean, I'm content and I'm over it now, but at the same time, that one hurt deep because you got a championship in your grade 12 year. That's something you can never, nobody can ever take away from you and congratulations to you. Thank you. But my grade 12 year was, you know, was gone. And that's, to me, all I was told was, can't run, you're slow, which I am, which is fair. You know, you can't throw more than, you know, X amount of yards. You don't have a strong arm. You don't have good mechanics, all these things. And that's just all I hear. And so when I was 18 through 22, I was obsessed with becoming a great touch football quarterback because that was all I, that is all I had. And you know what, uh, I've said you know, I've set a bunch of records. I've done a, you know, I've won a bunch of championships, but that's just touch football. Um, but that drive, and you know what, if I would have had my grade 12 year, I probably would have taken that hiatus that I told you about, you know, yeah. where it's like, you know, hey, I didn't want to go play touch football right away. And I don't blame you. Like that was a lot of work, a lot of hours, a lot of your life 
you know, traveling, practicing, playing, you know, I just lost out on it and I didn't want to lose out on it anymore. Also, I just caught the football bug because I started playing, you know, grade in grade nine. So from grade nine, to t- I wasn't done yet. I was, I had so much more left in me, but I would say that the biggest, like biggest struggle I've ever had to overcome. And here's the thing is I would say that the biggest struggle I ever overcame was the one time that I, I moved, I moved out from my house. So my mom and I had a little bit of a kerfuffle. We're going to just use that polite podcast word. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I got the boot and that's fair. And I didn't talk to my mom for a while. You know, I had to live in my buddy's basement and it was not what I was used to living in and it was not the condition or the area I was used to. And I had to, I had to grow up quick and I had to build myself up quick. And I went into large, large amount of debt, you know, to make sure to pay for things and make sure I didn't, you know, you know, not pay or, you know, still working, still paying for all the other stuff. It was just a huge culture shock. But that was like my swift kick in, in the ass and was what got me into gear and got me grinding and got my, my work ethic back. Because honestly, from 19 through 23, 24, I was just a kid living at home, paying basic rent that made banks selling cell phones. And I was, I was a little bit ignorant and I didn't really know what it was. I thought I had kind of made it. And I was like, now I'm looking back, you know, five years later, I'm like, oh boy, kid, you have no idea. Yeah. So, but that was a tough pill for me to swallow because I am, I love my mama. I'm a, I'm a mama's boy. So it's, it was, that was a tough period for me. And I mean, her and I are tighter than ever. And, um, yeah, that was, for me, that was probably my biggest one. And then the other one that I kind of just popped into my head um, is um, I did lose my sister for a while. And that sounds kind of weird to say, but um, I don't have any full siblings. So my mom got remarried, uh, had my little sister. It's technically my half-sister, would never call her that. Um, they then ended up uh, separating. And um, my, basically, my sister if you want to call it child alienation, kidnapped, whatever you want to call it. And so I didn't get to talk to or see my little sister, who I am extremely close with, for over five or six years. Oh. And, um, you know, when your little sister is, you know, 12, and you don't see her again until she's 18, not only is she completely different, completely changed, but, you know, we've lost, we lost so much time. And... uh so, but we're super tight and the world brought us back together and, you know, we're back where we were. I mean, still got some, still got some, you know, things to, things to work out and things to brush out, but, um, you know, big bros back and I got my little sister back and that's what's important. And we just don't want to lose out on any more time. So that was, that was probably the, you know, getting kicked out was one thing, but, um, yeah, losing my losing my sister for a while. That was, uh, yeah, that getting me choked up right now. But uh, yeah, that's that was probably the biggest thing I had to overcome. And I'm very very happy that she's uh, she's back in in my life and you know get to talk to her again. So that was a that was definitely that's definitely it. I, so I can't imagine going through that experience. Like it's just not it's, something that and it's just completely random. Like you know like. I'm like my folks are separated so are her so when I was with my dad she was with her dad and when I was with mom she was with mom and one time we just went to pick her up and she just wasn't there 
Wow. And it just, yeah, that, that was kind of it. And kind of, and it still has effect, you know, negative effects on our family as a whole, but got to work on one thing at a time. And so, you know, as long as, you know, her and her and I are tight, then I'll try to help, you know, fix everything else out. So. It's very brave of you to be open to sharing that part of your story. Like I, I appreciate you feeling comfortable enough to do that. Like I said, this, this guilty pleasure of public speaking, what can I say? So, yeah. but no, that is, you know, and I'm very blessed. I live a very, lived a very happy life. I led a very good life. I'm, I, and I know that. And, but if there was one thing that I could ever change, you know, I wouldn't be getting kicked out. I, that, that, that changed me for the better. What I would change is not losing my like, little sister for, uh, you know, a ha- little bit over a half a decade. So, um, that's yeah. a long time. It and, is. And it's amazing and, that you're able to, to come back together and reconcile and, and well, and that's the thing, like it's, you know, when you're 12, you're a child and you're very easily, and it can be very easy. I don't want to say that word, but very easy manipulated. Um, and you, you don't know. And I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know either. And I don't blame her. Um, but I, I, yeah, at the same time, I'm here to make sure that her and I are going to be, and the family and we're all going to be better for it. It's just going to take a little bit of time. So, but that is definitely the biggest thing I've ever had to overcome for sure. hundred percent. Yeah. There's, there's so many elements to that. Like, I mean, it's amazing that you have the outlook that you do in a sense. Like it's, it's great that you, you don't. I think I always respect people that don't dwell on those things that have happened, but that like you just you you appreciate where you are now and that you like that you appreciate those people and those like it's I don't know, it's it's not it's not dwelling on what's happened to you to the point of letting it deter from who you are and what you want to accomplish in things. So it's 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 like and it's a it's a show of strength and honesty and authenticity and like all sorts of I wish I had the exact right word to describe it, but it's just, it's all those things. And it's just, it's like those dark times often like lead us to, to who we are in a sense. And that's something that I've even gotten to realize a little bit more and like been confronted with a little bit lately. And so you talked about all those different aspects, like getting injured, getting kicked out, losing your sister for that time. Like it's, those are all elements that have built towards who you are and and who that is is somebody who can openly and authentically share that part of your story which is also an amazing thing too because people i think there's everybody goes through n- negative times or those dark times in life i don't think people can live life without ever experiencing pain or no. loss in some sense. But you learn the most out of them, right? Those are your biggest experience gaining portions of your life, I would say. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And, I would, and especially when you mentioned uh, being kicked out because I that definitely vibed with me. I, I That happened to me as well. And it's interesting because my mom and I are closer than we've ever been and she was the one to say, okay, that's enough. But I, looking back, I see the reasons why she did it. Totally. And it, it made me the person who I am today. I wouldn't be where I am if, she never did that. Exactly. And no, that's what I, like you said, exactly. Like I'm tighter with my mom than ever. And she was the one to let me know. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, you know what? I'm a very positive looking person. Like I refuse to be negative. And if I'm negative, like that had to have been one heck of a day. So, cause you know, I'm just, 
I, I again being being very lucky. Uh, I have a I've been told I have a very nice smile. I like to I like to wear it. It's my best best accessory. So I'm just gonna walk around, and it's a genuine one, and um, that's because I have a positive outlook. And um, I think one of my favorite quotes ever is from one of my old GMs uh, when I was selling cars, and he says, "A bad day does not equal a bad life." And you're right. Everybody's gonna have a bad day. Heck, people have bad weeks. You don't have to. Don't have to. You know, lock yourself in your room. You don't gotta. People deal with things in different ways. But again, a bad day or a bad week does not equal a bad life. And you know what? Like, so what? If something happens. So what? You have to go public speak and you get embarrassed. So what? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. And I wish everybody had that train of thought. I know that's in, impossible, and you know, but. At the same time, just think positive. Positive things happen. Yeah, one of my one of the most more recent uh, favorite say, sayings that I that I've come across, and I don't know who said it because I just I listened to it in audio form, so I'm not sure who the uh, the original, I guess, author or the creator of the quote is. But it, it goes something like, "You're allowed to have your bad days. You're allowed to fail. You're allowed to give up. You're allowed to go home. You're allowed to cry." But eventually, you have to get over over it and move on, and that's what makes you a better person. And hundred percent, like, that is that is a great quote. Quote. We need to we need to figure out who said that. That's I know, sure. right? That's for sure. There's definitely different elements of coming to terms with those things that happen. Those those potentially negative or like those experiences that at the time that you feel are are negative. Like I went through ankle injuries two years in a row. The first time I went through ankle injuries. It was one of those times that football was the entirety of my life, and that was my focus. And it, and it, then, I hit a one of the darkest times, at, at least up to that point in my life. And I didn't have anything surrounding it. Like I, I wasn't going to school, I wasn't working, so I spent months on the couch, and just not, not doing like watching TV, just like, and just it forced me to ask myself like. Or to, it was basically telling me I needed to do something beyond just what I was doing. And I needed to grow as a person. And that led me to at least taking courses out of interest in school. And then from that, like just, just building a life, getting a, a job outside of that too. So it's like there is that element of that hope going through those, those dark times where it's like you, you look at the, and that's the, the optimism. Like if you, even if you get an injury, like maybe this can lead to something where it's like, it's, it's, it can have that impact. And like, and then I got injured the next year and it was like, there were so many other things that didn't impact me as hard because I had a life that was, that was just, it, it was more full, it was more fulfilled. And so I'm, I'm thankful for that. Like, and honestly, all those, like all these experiences have made me, me. So I, I can't. The world, the world has a weird way of, even if you don't want to move forward, of still pushing you forward. And uh, again, like one thing that my mom always told me was, everything happens for a reason. <laughs> my mom so, says the exact same thing. Our moms apparently should meet Chase. <laughs> we have the same mom. We're gonna be, we're gonna be <laughs> a rap group. Our moms are friends now. Yeah. This is awesome. J um, squared. Correct. <laughs> so, but but yeah. So everything happens for a reason, and you know she always she said the universe has a, a weird way of pushing you, even if you don't want to be pushed. Because, you know, if you're not doing something you shouldn't be doing, they'll find a way to get you what you should be doing. And whether you do it, whether you get forced to do it, whether you get kicked out, 
whether you, you know, lose a job, whatever it is, whether you get an ankle injury, you know, twice, everything happens, everything happens for a reason. And like I said, like if, and, and Jason said it as well, is if we wouldn't have gotten the boot, you know, we wouldn't be where we're at right now. It's, it's part of who we are. It's part of our story and we're, we're better for it. And I haven't seen somebody, you know, come out of a negative situation and then say like, oh, I wish that didn't happen. Like, of course, you know, we, we want everything to be perfect and nice, but bad things are bound to happen every once in a while. So, yeah. God, <laughs> sports. <laughs> it's, it's funny though, that like sports and life and there's just all this interconnectivity in everything. Like, and even bringing up the universe, it's like, mm-hmm. there's just, there's different levels to things and different levels to existence. And it's just, it's, I believe, I certainly believe that we're a reflection of all those other things. We're a reflection of our earth and, and how could we not be because we evolved from it. I mean, there are different beliefs of how things have started and, and whatnot, but I mean, even if we are from that, that energy source, the universe or a God, depending on what you want to call that, there's still that element of, well, we're here and there's an interconnectivity to that as well, whatever that like underlying energy or spirit is. And so it's, we're the manifestation of, of that in a sense, whether it's you look at the planet anyways, but it's, it's, it's so cool that we're here and we're able to interact and do all these different things and play like play sports. Like we've been, we've created something, play music, have meaningful conversations, be able to share. And it's, and, it, and it's funny because I think that humans are both gifted and cursed in a sense because like we feel ourselves different than, than all these other things or at least often do. Whereas I think there's the natural world, like animals seem to be in tune to each other and even the, like, the way that, this, I want to say Lion King, the circle of life, but like the way things are. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're, they're just, they're more in tune to that and they just naturally do those things. We don't know if there's consciousness involved of like, I mean, dolphins have really heavily, like have brains that, what's the part of the brain that they have that's even more developed than- I can't remember. But anyways, I think it's the capacity to feel, but they can can communicate with each other as well. And it's like- Yeah, they they have emotions, yeah. It's so cool to just like, to reflect on that and to see that, we have a place and we have an impact, whether it's, and it's like football can have that impact. It's had that impact on our lives. And I think that's, that might be what, like, I don't want to speak for you, but that draws you towards football and being involved and even growing it as an opportunity for others to, um, to engage with and to grow themselves with. So it's, I think it's awesome what you're doing and what the football collective is doing and even what, people are doing in football around this province and even even at large too. I know that there might be some skepticism about the NFL and even CFL where like you know there's commissioners and there's so many so much money involved with it and and like you know like what's the best method forward but they're trying things, they're changing and they're letting it develop. And so it's 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 great to see that and it's great to see that there's so many different opportunities for people now. Yeah. Well said. Thank you. That's <laughs> monologue. Very, very well. <laughs> um, 
feel like Morgan Freeman or something. It's just like, <laughs> You're just missing the really low voice. And yeah, I, w- I wish really... I had a little bit more of the Morgan Freeman low voice, or maybe even your low radio voice. Uh, I feel like but... he could probably do a Morgan Freeman if he really wanted to. Oh, boy. On the spot, hey? Uh, <laughs> no, actually not that one. No, I'm trying to think. Well, you got the you got the big mouth, uh, the hormone oh. monsters or something. Oh, oh man, <laughs> well, those, are, those are those are some good ones too. Oh man, I just I love that show. It's just so so accurate with so many things. When I'm thinking back to when I was a teenager, good old big mouth. It's cool. <laughs> it's what you can do with cartoons and what you can do with TV and certain things is really unique because it's. They're, they're representing unseen forces as seen forces and the influences that those have on characters. It's like, yeah, yell at your mom. You're angry. <laughs> it's, it's so true. Like it's, and again, like it's, <laughs> oh man, it's, it's almost kind of eerie how, like when you look back and it's like, wow, like that, a lot of that has, was going on. Yeah. And nope, it's, <laughs> it's, I love shows that push the limits. And that so, is definitely one of those shows. So, and yeah. I was going to say that is definitely in the ballpark of uh, pushing the limits. So it's funny because I don't find it's pushing the limits in the sense that it's honest. It's just it's that it's that brutal honesty that maybe people don't want to hear. Or it, maybe that's, that, a, I, that's that exactly no. But that's yeah. the thing is like so. I'm again now we're talking TV, but my favorite show still to this day and always will be South Park. And the reason for that is because. They're so creative at making people uncomfortable. And that's the whole point of good TV. Like that to me is what makes good TV is like, you know, that's this is why somebody got elected president is in my opinion. Like it's just, you know, like people want to be, you know, people want to see envelopes pushed, be entertained, things like that. And a lot of like you obviously for and for good reason, South Park has gone on a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. And that's because people don't want to see, you know, what they're seeing. And I know that there's definitely people that have complained about, you know, oh, I thought that this was a cartoon, you know, I'm letting my kid watch this. Well, technically your kid is going into hormones right away and maybe should, you know, be introduced into a little bit of what's going to happen to him. Because if you don't want to tell him, that's how he's going to find out. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what else do we have to talk about? Is there... Uh oh boy, like like I said, uh, we're if we're talking collective, then we're you know like again we're getting started next week. So and then our first set of indoor is going to be happening from there till Super Bowl Saturday. So our Super Bowl is that weekend, and then the Sunday is actually the the championship. We don't take a break; we dive into it right again the very next weekend. So please, if you do, like I said, if you have any questions um, regarding um, yourself or potentially a team. Reach out to us, Winnipeg Football Collective. Um, that's going to be Twitter, Instagram, and then again, just uh, Google us, uh, Winnipeg Football Collective. We will be the first option, and everything you need to know is on the website. And hint, hint, nudge, nudge. I a little bit of secrecy, but uh, I'll give you an inside scoop that we are planning on launching a brand new uh, website, which is going to be a game changer. Nice, so awesome. Yeah. So, and I can't. Other than that, I can't say too much because. Um, there might be some competition listening to me, so I don't, don't, <laughs> don't want to give any inside scoops. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be sweet, and it's gonna be again game changing. So yeah. be, and we'll definitely be um, like so. You know, if you uh, like, we are we already are because I made sure to be following uh, you guys on Instagram. Uh, so once you guys post it up, we'll be uh, I'll be reposting it so people can get a little bit extra attention and uh, get everybody over here to listen and 
you know, hopefully they, they listen and they come find me at the U of W and have a nice chat with me about, uh, about some football or life or what heck an interview, whatever they want to do. So, awesome. so yeah. yeah, I mean, they can't see my face, but I'm very approachable. You can just find me at the collective pretty much both days, uh, Friday and Saturday, um, either refing, playing or being, uh, being a supervisor. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun, and uh, I invite you. Even if you know what you're just interested and you want to come down and check out a game just to see what it's like, I would do that too. We've got some great seats, uh, nice and warm, um, and they've got they've got some sweet grub there too. So That's wherever cool. you're watching or listening, you can um, subscribe to YouTube or any other place that you may be listening to this. Um, our email is always if you have anything for us, whether it's content, guests, or even ideas for it is info at bethechangeyps.com. Um, don't believe there's any announcements. Saw us a follow on Facebook and Instagram. It's the same, be the change YPS. And um, beyond that, try some football out. See if you like it. Hey, you know? try <laughs> some but, football. But uh, did you have any other closing thoughts or anything? No, just like I said, like uh, thank you guys so much for having uh, having us on. Um, if uh, Again, the, bo the boys and I appreciate uh, you giving us a platform to help us grow it even more. Um, again, uh, I will also, although I've plugged the collectives, um, there is also the, uh, for parents of younger children, the collective sevens is where you would need to go. It's a little bit different. It is the youth program, um, as well as uh, you can follow Finnish First Football, Manitoba Selects. Um, that's all run by Keto Pobla, and he's part of uh, you know the collective crew, and he'd be more than happy to get your, your, your guys up and running too. Um, if anybody wants to reach out to me personally, uh, I was going to say my own Twitter and Instagram is extraordinary91. The only thing better than extraordinary is extraordinary. So, uh, but yeah, if I've had, I've had people message me on there too and ask me questions about the leak. So yeah, if you want to reach out to me or if you want to reach out to the leak, we'd be more than happy to help out and sit down and phone call, email, texting, whatever you want to do. We just want to get everybody playing football. So. But thank you for thank viewing you and listening. Thank you, Take JJ. Care. Thanks, thank guys. You, JJ. See ya.